Percy, during the pandemic, you'll recall, there were a lot of uncomfortable new normals we had to adopt in our daily lives. In the same way, there are new normals for one going through cancer too, aren't there? Yeah, Wayne, it's true that sometimes a cancer journey requires temporary and sometimes even permanent changes on many different levels in the lives of the people who are going through those journeys. And the question is, how to manage those changes in order to move forward with a new normal. Let's talk about it today. Yes, we're going to hear today from a hospital chaplain who not only is a chaplain, but he had to adjust to his new normal as a result of being a cancer patient. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. Information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Come join us now for Health, Hope, and Inspiration. My name is Wayne Shepherd, but our host is Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, and I'm always glad to be with Pastor P., I'm looking forward to this conversation today. You're going to bring Reverend Bob back to us in a few moments. Absolutely. A colleague and a constituent that I know of who works uh, at one of the Cancer Treatment Center of America regional uh, facilities in Phoenix, Uh, a former pastor, a chaplain, a man of faith, but also a cancer patient himself. And he's going to have a very frank and candid conversation about some of his new normals Mm -hmm. as a result of being a cancer patient while serving cancer patients. When you talked to him a few weeks ago here on the podcast, um, when you sat down to talk with him, did you think that he would be open about his own journey? Well, you know, Wayne, the way that I go into every discussion and conversation is that I want that discussion to be as organic and natural as possible. And so I had no preconceived notion of of what we were going to talk about in that regard. I knew that he was a cancer patient, uh, but he actually raised the point himself and said that he would be comfortable in having some discussion about some more personal matters. And I told him that if he wanted to discuss that, then I think people would be blessed and helped by it. And so that's how we got there. And we're all going to benefit from that conversation today in a few moments. He's fighting the fight of faith while supporting cancer patients himself. So it's a very interesting story. It's coming up in just a moment here on Health, Hope, and Inspiration, which leads us to ask a question this week. Do you want to lay it out there for listeners? Yes, sir, I do. And the question is for today, as I tee it up for you, is have you ever had to adjust to a new normal as a cancer patient? And what was the adjustment? Again, have you ever had to adjust to some sort of new normal that came as a result of being a cancer patient? And what was the adjustment that you had to make? All right. That's the question. How do you answer? You go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on connect and you'll be able to type in the response there. And believe you me, we read these, we benefit from them, and uh, we actually pass the benefit on to listeners in the forms of new conversations here on the podcast. So please take the time to share with us. That's part of this community that we we, uh, talk about a lot in this program, isn't it, Percy? Absolutely. We are family is what comes to mind. And I want you to know that you have someone that is in your corner and who is believing and trusting God with you and for you. And we want to continue to bring compelling conversations. So interact with us. Let us know uh, what you're thinking and certainly share your thoughts with regard to the question of the day. I'll just bet you could sing that song for us right now. 
You know, we, we are family. I knew it. I knew it. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, let's turn to Scripture, and then we'll turn to our guest in just a moment. Well, with that being said, let me read probably one of the most profound Scriptures that's going to speak to the disposition and the um, the ability for Reverend Bob to do what he does and talk about what he talks about in his conversation. It's found in Hebrews 4. Uh, And we're going to read verse 15, and it says, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was as in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Verse 16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Hmm. Now, Reverend Bob is not Christ, and he's not our, our God. But he is one who is serving cancer patients, but he also has found a way to be transparent about some of his new normals and that he uses that as his ability to tell people, I think I know how you feel. I, too, am touched by the same thing that you have been touched by. And it makes a big difference in his ministry at bedside. So let's uh, hear what he has to say, how this scripture ties into this. And we'll do that in just a moment. If you are concerned that you or someone you love may have cancer, consider reaching out to Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center. Reach out for personalized diagnostic services. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers that treats the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Just visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of the team with questions about your diagnostic and treatment options. The number, 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. All right, Percy, let's get rolling here with our guest now. Well, hey, 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 it's me again. I'm back. Pastor P, the cancer pastor, the voice of inspiration, Reverend Percy McRae. And I promised you, I don't know, probably six weeks ago or so, uh, we spoke to uh, a colleague and a comrade of mine who's a chaplain at Cancer Treatment Centers of America uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, Goodyear, Arizona area, uh, who has been serving cancer patients uh, since 2014, uh, but has been in the chaplaincy business for a total of, you know, about 12, 14 years, 12 years, I believe it was. And we talked about the role of chaplaincy and 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 some of the things that he saw from a chaplain's vantage point on particulars of serving patients and ministry inside of a healthcare environment. But today, but today we're going to have a very different conversation with him because he is also a cancer patient and he was diagnosed with prostate cancer in April 2021. And at the time of this recording, he is still scheduled for active treatment. Uh, as he works through some other dynamics. And so we're going to talk about cancer from the vantage point of being a cancer patient today, one who works in a cancer environment, one who supports cancer patients, but he also is a cancer patient, just like I am. You know, prior to three years ago, I could not speak from that vantage point. And but today I can tell you now that I'm a member of the club, I can talk a little bit more directly about what it means to hear that, that you have cancer and how you feel about that. 
And I would believe that we're going to hear some of the same things with regard to our guest who's joining us now, Reverend Bob Bethke. Hey, my friend, welcome back to the show. And how are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Percy. I appreciate again the invitation and uh, it's great to be back on the show. Well, good. It's good to have you. Well, as you heard in the introduction, you know, you're a chaplain, you know, and I know that by way of our relationship at Cancer Treatment Centers of America and our mutual friend, uh, Reverend Jeff Paperon, who's a who I love with all of my heart, soul, breath, lungs and kidneys. I love him so much. And so uh, I know that you work along with him uh, at the uh, Goodyear Hospital at CTCA and that you do chaplaincy work. But we're not going to talk about that. We talked about that on the last show. And if you missed the last show with uh, Reverend Bob about the role of healthcare ministry, uh, you can archive that show and you can pull up any of the shows, any of the older shows that have been done and listen to them at your uh, at your pleasure. But today we want to talk about you being a cancer patient and you were willing to have this conversation, Reverend Bob. So let's let's dig into it first and, and foremost. And thank you for being willing to have this conversation. Let's talk about the day, as I say, the day that you heard or were told that you had cancer. Where were you and how did you feel when you heard those words? Well, uh, my wife and I were together and we were in the doctor's office and uh, and heard that. We kind of anticipated that because uh, the urologist uh, months before said, you know, you need to go get a, a biopsy and yeah. this looks high and that looks high. Your PSA is high and so forth. So we were not anticipating anything good. But uh, when he finally mentioned the words, it was kind of like, OK, it's it's, it's kind of like we crossed the line. Mm. It's. We're in a different camp now. We entered into a different country, and uh, we're no longer free. Uh, it's kind of like I'm in a in a prison of wow. some kind. Wow, wow, yeah, just felt different. That I've heard a lot of reactions and metaphors used. I've never quite heard it framed that way, and that is compelling to me because I would imagine, again, for many, and I remember what I felt and the, and that wave of emotion that that hit me internally. You know, it's you, you have to definitely process that and, and, and work through that. But but the uh, metaphor that you use was like being not being free, like being in a prison is a powerful, powerful metaphor. Well, you 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 were confronted with that dynamic, obviously, and you heard those words. And at some point you had to begin to look at treatment and care. Did you treat at Cancer Treatment Centers of America or no? Unfortunately, I did not because of my insurance, but uh, I fortunately uh, knew do uh, the doctor there, the surgeon that would work with me, and and uh, he gave me a lot of good pointers, and that, okay. that gave me a, a lot it, of insurance that I needed at that time. What type of, uh, and we don't have to go into great clinical detail, what type of clinical pathway did you pursue for the treatment of your cancer? Uh, I had the choice of radiation or surgery. And uh, based on, you know, everything I, I studied, I figured I would go with the uh, surgery. Okay. So you had you had the pr uh, surgical process done. And, you know, you obviously have, and you're still in the state of, uh, at this point, and I believe the way that you shared it with me, that you're waiting on a few things to take place so that you can begin doing now some radiation therapy along with now having had surgery. Yes. And so talk about that, if you will, a little bit. Well, the, uh, the surgery uh, went well, but it uh, meant that I would uh, have a road to recovery that uh, they indicated would be 
anywhere from six months to a year. And uh, that road would include incontinence as, uh, as well as just uh, regaining strength. The, the strength was uh, easy. That, that I was able to, you know, get on a bike after a few months, you know, and ride and, uh, and pick up things and do anything. But the incontinence uh, wasn't expecting. And yeah. um, that remained and uh, that produced uh, a lot of uh, discouragement and uh, perhaps even bordered on depression. Yeah, and, 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 and I wanted to go there because what happens for many, not all, of course, many cancer patients, uh, either as a result of, of the progression of the disease itself or in some cases the procedures or processes that is necessary to eliminate and, uh, and, and alleviate uh, the dynamics of the disease can create what I call a new normal. And I know that that's a bad term, that, that got politicized during COVID, and I'm, that's unfortunate. But, but a, new, a new normal from where I sit is either having to make a mental, emotional, or physical adjustment to something that was normally different for you previously that may not be the same now. And as a result, we have to kind of shift gears and adopt to that and, get, and re, you know, calibrate ourselves. And it sounds like... That with that dynamic, that's exactly what you had to do. I'm interested if if you are willing, and again, if not, we certainly don't have to have a, a conversation about it, because I I know also one of the key conversations in the the public square today that has become more public is talking about mental health and mental wellness, and when you use the word depression, let's talk about a little bit of of that and how have you been able to manage. And work through those possible moments and times of ebb and flow for you emotionally. Yeah, I think um, me, I expected to uh, be able to get over the incontinence that I was facing in uh, just a few months. I figured this that I would improve the stats myself, you know. <laughs> and instead, it uh, turned around the other way. I think after about four or five months, uh, I began to really become depressed. And, uh, and yet I had to admit that, uh, that's exactly what I was facing and I had to deal with that. Uh, so the, the thing that really discouraged me was that there was, uh, a 24 seven, I was, uh, having to deal with incontinence yeah. and, um, it was always there. It was always with me. Um, yeah. I didn't need to go to the bathroom. Uh, because I was wearing, uh, you know, some uh, uh, underwear that uh, was going to stay with me. Yeah. And so I, uh, that that was very difficult for me. And and then I also had, uh, you know, I wanted to go back to work, which I did, but I had to work in that same environment, uh, that mm-hmm. same uh, personal environment that yeah. I was in. Right. And that made it very difficult as well. So that became my new normal, and I'm still in that situation after ten months after surgery. I'm still fa- facing incontinence and I'm still working so yeah. that that uh, created a whole new uh, an environment for me in which to work. And uh, I'm no longer in a, a situation of depression, but uh, that is uh, still a challenge for me. Well, Reverend, let me say this for what it's worth to you. First of all, man to man and colleague to colleague, uh, I, 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 I appreciate your, your candor and, and your forthrightness because at the end of the day, you know, um, when we talk about cancer and the cancer community and the cancer experience, there are, there are things that can take place that, you know, sometimes we don't want to talk about, that we don't want to hear. 
Uh, but I appreciate your willingness to share that with the audience and, and the journey that you're on. And then I'll turn around. I'm going to put my pastor's hat on uh, as well and say that at the end of the day, like the Apostle Paul, who received, you know, uh, lashes and stripes and beatings for his faith, you know, he would turn around and basically he would be willing to show people his stripes, if you will, metaphorically speaking. And that's what you just did. You were willing to expose, you know, some of those you know, bruises that you have taken, you know, some of the, uh, you know, negative downside of being a cancer patient. And you are willing to show that or share that with the audience to bless someone. And I appreciate it. I remember like it was yesterday. I had a young man who sat in my office and prostate cancer patient, similar dynamics that you just described and articulated. And he wept in my arms and he said he wished that someone had just told him or that he had knew of someone who had been through that, that he could talk to that he would have been in a better position to manage that because I think that that's a hit to anyone's psyche and that depression would obviously be uh, a potentiality. So I thank you, sir. And again, that doesn't mean that you're not a man of faith. That doesn't mean that you're not trusting God. It doesn't mean that you're still not expecting a good outcome, but you working, you're working through being in the valley. I believe our most favorite prayer that we pray is, uh, though I walk through the shadow of the, uh, you know, through the valley. Well, valleys mean just that. Those are dark places. They're difficult places and they're, they're difficult scenarios. And you're, you're still here supporting and loving cancer patients and still trusting God for your healing. And I stand in agreement with you for that. So thank you for sharing that today, my friend. Thank you, Percy. I appreciate your encouragement. Thanks. Yep. And again, and as another cancer patient, one to another, man, you know, when you get in the club, it, it is different. It is very different because we can now say and I can say to you, I know how you feel. Uh, I understand because cancer does challenge our definition of who we are. How has being a cancer patient possibly changed the way that you minister to cancer patients? Well, one of the uh, the things that I can identify with is uh, prostate uh, can- uh, patients. Uh, a lot of times I try to meet with them in pre-op and, uh, and see if they're uh, scared or, or fearful or anticipate uh, what they may be feeling. And then I like to meet them when they're up and impatient and uh, be able to talk to them about what they can anticipate. So having gone through that gives me an opportunity to say, hey, I'm uh, a prostate patient. I am, uh, I've gone through what you've been through. Mm. And uh, if you'd like to ask me any questions or like to talk with me, uh, feel free because I understand where you're at right now and I know what you're going to be going through. And it just brightens their eyes to know that uh, somebody is in front of them that's been through exactly what they've been through and what they're going to face. And that means so much to them. And so I have this uh, wonderful uh, opportunity to address each of our prostate patients that come through. And you're exactly right, Reverend. I mean, at the end of the day, I think that there's something to be said about membership in, in a club that others belong to. That, that fraternity, there there is something, a bond that can be made to have someone say, I too have had cancer or I'm working through a process. And being able to share that with another cancer patient is huge. I think it changes their, their mental and emotional meter uh, a bit because they feel that there's a camaraderie there that they have with someone who, who has a sense of, of what, what it is to be told that you have cancer and working through that. So I would imagine that that is a huge uh, opportunity and major factor in many, if not most, of all your conversations with the cancer patients that you serve, particularly men 
with prostate cancer. And so we salute you, sir, and we congratulate you first and foremost because you are still here. You're on planet Earth, and at this stage of the game, you are fighting the good fight of faith, and you're also helping others to fight the good fight of faith. And so uh, thank you for your dedication to uh, the cancer community and thank you for continuing uh, to be a man of faith, trusting and uh, believing in God. And we stand with you and we stand in agreement with you today uh, that the best is still yet to come. And so today you have heard, folks, uh, from my colleague and comrade, Reverend Bob Bethke. He is a 12 year chaplain who has worked at Cancer Treatment Centers of America now uh, since 2012. And uh, he is still on his road, if you will, and his journey with cancer treatment and all that goes with it. Uh, But he is also supporting others while he is fighting the good fight of faith. And so with that being said, have a great and blessed day. We'll check back in with you maybe four or five months from now, my friend, and see how you're doing. Okay. Thank you, Reverend Percy. I appreciate it very much. Bless you. you. Bless you. And you better believe we're going to talk more with Percy McRae about what we've just learned from this uh, good man here in just a few moments. With locations in Atlanta and Chicago and Phoenix, Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute designated comprehensive cancer center, is a national oncology network of hospitals and outpatient care centers offering an integrated approach that combines surgery and radiation and chemotherapy and immunotherapy and advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies to manage side effects and enhance quality of life during treatment and into survivorship. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com and click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, or contact a member of their team with questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-HOPE. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, uses a patient-centered approach and a wide range of technologies and techniques to deliver advancements in precision medicine with supportive therapies like spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. There was a lot of inspiration that came from that conversation with uh, that uh, that chaplain today, Percy, Chaplain Bob. I was so impressed with how open and honest this man was. I, too. And, you know, uh, many of the points that were raised in our conversation, as I stated earlier, he asked, did I think, would they be beneficial before we started recording? Mm-hmm. And I said, only if you're comfortable in having mm-hmm. that discussion. And that's and very said, important. Yeah, it is important. Well, what, you know, and for those who listen, because we've had opportunity for people who I've not met before who have reached out to me and said, I think that my story would be compelling on health, hope and inspiration. And we do encourage that. And we've recorded, you know, a handful of people uh, that I've never met before. I want everyone to understand that none of our shows are scripted. Uh, we do not tell anybody what they should or should not say. Uh, outside of the context of their story, because we want organic, real conversations uh, in real time. And so he felt that, you know, uh, he thought that that would be beneficial and helpful. And knowing some backdrop of other stories, particularly with men with prostate cancer, and we've had several frank uh, prostate cancer interviews on our show also prior to this, that there are real dynamics that go with the possibility of being treated for prostate cancer. And certainly with regard to surgery, uh, that there can be some side effects that men may, may, may only be talking about in silence and whispering behind closed doors. And we want pleasant to talk about at all. No, not at all. It it cuts to, to, 
to the ego and the machismo of men. But in many cases, Wayne, here's the point, they're suffering in silence and we don't want that to be the case, but they need to find a safe place where they feel like they can have those conversations or hear someone else talk about them. And Reverend Bob offered to share that information. Right. Well, the same approach you took with him is how we need to approach it with our friends and family who are going through this. We need to, you know, kind of ask their permission to talk about it rather than just forcing them to talk about it. Well, the first principle, and I teach it all the time with regard to supporting uh, cancer patients, talking to cancer patients is allow them to drive the bus. What happens for many of us, and I just did a radio interview uh, with someone and, and he's a caregiver and he, he wanted me to talk very candidly about this because he has had experiences with uh, people from his church, ministers who would just kind of bombastically walk into the room and decide of what they want him to talk about. He said, in, in many cases, I had to tell them, I don't want to talk about that. That's a, that's your agenda of a conversation. That's not my agenda. And remember, this is not about us. This is about the patient. What do they want? What do they need? And what do they desire? So we should always find out how, what, when, and where do they want to talk about? They should always be allowed to drive the bus. And so in this particular case, uh, Pastor Bob drove that bus and he he brought up the issue you know, of incontinence and yeah. talked about that as his new normal yeah. while he's still supporting cancer patients. <laughs> yeah, that's what makes him so, so good, I think, as a chaplain. He can identify, can he? Well, and again, it was the purpose for the scripture that we read today that, again, Imagine having a doctor or a nurse, or in this particular case, a chaplain that could simply say to you that, hey, uh, I too am touched by the feelings of your infirmities. I know exactly what you're feeling and going through. And so he he disclosed the fact that he became to begin energized around uh, talking to and looking forward to talking particularly to other men with prostate cancer because he said that I could really relate with them. And again, I think that every cancer patient at the end of the day would, would find value in having conversation with someone that would be able to say to them, I too have been where you are, or I'm walking the journey that you're on. And I now feel the power and the strength of that, Wayne. You and I talked about this very candidly. When I became a cancer patient, I think yeah. one of the questions you asked me, being the great uh, you know, radio communicator <laughs> that you are, you said, how did that change you or how did that change your scope of ministry? Mm. And one of those is just the ability to be able to sit and look at someone and say, I know exactly what it feels yep. to be told that you have cancer. It changes the whole dynamic of the interaction. Nothing replaces and I believe, that. Yeah. yeah. And the authenticity of being able to say, how can I help you today? Yeah. So let's take a moment and just give thanks for these hospital chaplains who do their job so well. This is this is your roots as well, and you know what that's like. Well, in many cases, because because in the healthcare environment, we know the pecking order. You know, it's the doctor, it's the nurses, it's the diagnostic people. In many cases, hospital chaplains are not heralded or saluted. But I'm here to tell you that that a hospital chaplain who is doing their job well. Are, are one of the unsung heroes in the healthcare environment because in many cases, and I don't think we've ever talked about this before, Wayne, they get to hear and have conversations with patients that other healthcare professionals do not are not privy to. Mm -hmm. 
because you represent the 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 faith and the the hope of spirituality they may actually and i know this to be true because i've had to have conversations with doctors to say listen Doc, there are some things that your patients shared with me today that you have no knowledge of what they're going through. And though I can't disclose that to you, I can tell you that there are some other needs that need to be addressed. And I need you to be mindful of that when you go back in with your clinical discussion, because they find us as people that they can trust, hopefully, and people of faith that they feel like that they can unpack some things with that they may be not feel comfortable with sharing with their doctors. Yep. So they're very much so unsung heroes. Let's talk more about what Reverend Bob taught us about uh, finding this new normal and living with a new normal. Well, again, this this is the dynamic. And, and I know that, you know, the term new normal, as you know, during the pandemic became a politicized negative term. But the reality of the fact was that there were some things that we simply had to adapt and adopt in our lives because of the pandemic. We didn't have any choice, did we? We There was no, no matter how unpleasant it was or how unfair it may have felt, we had to come to terms with this is what we need to do to move forward. The same is true for many cancer patients, certainly not all, uh, that, you know, when after enduring or while enduring treatment or care, sometimes patients lose body parts. Uh, You know, things change in their lives Uh, that they have to make adjustment to and they cannot stay in that place no matter how uh, comfortable or wonderful uh, or attached that they are to that because there is a a new normal that is taking place. And he addressed that. And he talked about the fact that initially he had to battle with some depression. He had Mm -hmm. to work through that. And I appreciate it. Let me say this. Uh, I appreciate a man or a woman in the clergy who has the guts Mm -hmm. and the wherewithal Mm -hmm. to say, I've had to address depression in my life. And you know why? Because they're humans and they're people just like the rest of us. Absolutely. It's not a weakness, is it? No, it's not a weakness. As a matter of fact, he probably was empowered and enabled because he had the ability to own that. First of all, uh, uh, recognize it, acknowledge it, own it, and then do something about that. He said, today, I'm not experiencing that. But this is all part of the human experience. And what the pandemic should have taught any of us is that uh, things do not stay the same. Uh, There may be some things uncomfortable that happens to us, but we can figure out a way to work through that if if we don't stay married to the past in order to embrace the future. And that's exactly what he did. He said, I wanted to go back to work. Uh, I understood what my new normal was, but I needed to get back at the bedside and start supporting cancer patients. So he was able to work through that new normal, make an adjustment, embrace that adjustment and say, I'm moving forward. And today he is doing great work. And may I suggest, even though he didn't say it, (laughs) he's probably doing greater work today Mm -hmm. as a result of the humanity that he brings to the bedside could you imagine if we had most physicians who experienced the things that wow. they're treating wow. and how they would treat a patient, how they would talk to a patient at the end of the day? Wow. It would change the way that engagement would take place. And that's exactly what he's doing. Well, you experienced that, as you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Well, let me ask our listeners this question. Have you ever had to adjust to a new normal as a cancer patient? And what mm-hmm. was that adjustment like for you? Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and click on Connect and answer the question. Be so kind as to take a few moments and ask answer the question that we're asking here today. 
Mm-hmm. Have you ever had to adjust to a new normal as a cancer patient? What was that adjustment? Be specific if you can. Now, we do have a free resource we'd like to highlight this week. It's called God is on Your Side. Uh, that goes without saying almost, but sometimes we need the reminder, don't we, Pastor? We do, and that's the reason why I associated this resource with this particular conversation, because Reverend Bob had to be reminded that God was on his side. But in the midst of that, he's reminding people while he's being reminded that God is on our side. I <laughs> yeah. want you to think about that for a yeah. second. It's, a, it's an amazing gymnastic that, that is being done here. While he's working through his new normal, he is helping others work through their dynamics Beautiful. of cancer. And it's all because of being reminded and empowered that God is on my side and God is on your side. Beautiful. All right. We started with scripture. Let's end with scripture. So this scripture now should make a lot of sense. And I know I, I took I took a little liberty with the scripture. So I don't <laughs> want the scripture police to call me and send me nasty emails. I know what I, I've done here, but it's to 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 extrapolate the principle here. So again, in uh, Hebrews 4, verse 15. For we have not a high priest. Reverend Bob is not our high priest. He's not your high priest. He's not God. He's not Christ. But imagine if we could just take this principle and say it this way. If if you were a patient of his and he came to see you, for we have not a chaplain which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but was in all points like us tempted or have gone through some of the things that we're going through, particularly men with prostate cancer, and yet without uh, sin, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may be able to obtain mercy and find grace to help us in the time of need. Reverend Bob, I thank you for being willing to be on the front line and to say to patients that you serve every day that I too have been and am being touched by the feelings of your infirmities. I know how you feel. I understand what you're going through. And I would imagine that that is making a big difference for the life of a cancer patient who is sitting there to say, wow, my chaplain is here praying with me and for me. And yet he has walked through and is walking through some of the dynamics that I am walking through. What a powerful relationship and engagement and interaction. Today, I want us all to be encouraged to know that we can go boldly to the throne of grace to receive help and mercy in the time of need. Thank you, Reverend Bob for being transparent and being honest and putting yourself on the front line today. May God richly keep and bless you, sir. Amen to all of that. That's Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Percy, give me my assignment. Give all of us our assignment for the week to come. Well, for you and everyone that is listening, and specifically for Reverend Bob Bethy, remember, we still have work to do. Let's keep chopping the wood. Don't let go of the rope. Don't give up and don't give in. The best is still yet to come in our lives. God bless you until the next time. Thank you for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Health, Hope, and Inspiration is sponsored by and produced by Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, part of City of Hope, a National Cancer Institute-designated comprehensive cancer center. 
We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, and Phoenix take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific need. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.